The Meadows at Mystic Lake has modified its golf policies to follow the COVID-19 public health recommendations and welcomes you to play this award-winning public golf course. It offers a unique, challenging, and scenic golf experience. The Meadows at Mystic Lake is a full-service golfing destination, enhanced by nearby food and entertainment, including the Meadows Bar and Grill and Mystic Lake Casino Hotel. It's never too early to book a tea time or shop the pro shop. Stop in or visit GolfTheMeadows.com. That's GolfTheMeadows.com. Owned and operated by Shakopee Midwakanton Sioux Community. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. But not, not only that, um, you know, he's playing with a lot of confidence. He's also... Um, I really appreciate the the leadership that he's been doing lately. You know, it's been um, so much better. Something he wanted to work on this off season. Um, done a done a great job with that. Um, you know, he's he he's very confident where he's throwing the football. Um, you know, and he's very confident in these receivers. And I think the offensive line has helped him to do some of those things as well. That's a parched, a very thirsty. Clearly, with all the bottles of water in front of him. Uh, Vikings coach Mike Zimmer talking about Kirk Cousins after yesterday's decisive win over the Seattle Seahawks. Welcome in to comments from YouTube. Purple Daily sponsored by our friends at Surly Brewing. Try the Furious because I'll tell you, I'm going to drink a few Declan Goff during Monday Night Football oh, tonight. And also, uh, want to thank our sponsors and hopefully you're watching the game tonight on a TCL TV. Enjoy more with TCL. It is a magnificent viewing experience all right let's get to it we got comments oh, oh we got comments. we got comments from listeners we got comments from the viking fan base i look forward to hearing them as we do by the way each monday comments from youtube has moved to mondays zolgad declan goff all right judley we got some uh kirk cousins heavy 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 comments on some delvin cook ones as well um so let's let's start it off here let's waste no time Let's go with Steven's first one here. I like this one because it also piggybacks uh, piggybacks right off Zimmer's comment off the top here. Sure. Steven says, is it just me or did Kirk seem a lot more vocal and commanding at the line of scrimmage? Even when zoomed in or him with his demeanor, it looked like it changed for the better and he is D-I-A-L-E-D dialed. Now, Judd, I'm watching on television. You're privileged enough and lucky enough to go to the games every day, although I did have to pick up your Surly Slack on Bentley, which I'm more than happy to do from our friends at Surly Brewing. And I came back, too, by showing you all the people that were tweeting their Surly Furious cans in front of their TVs. And at the stadium. We appreciate that. We appreciate that. Uh, But to Stephen's point, Judd, as as Kirk's demeanor and command change, I mean, I know you have the binoculars, too. You you, you call it the Zolgad. I'm dialed in myself. If if Kirk's dialed, Zolgad's even more dialed. Do you think Kirk's demeanor has changed in the first three games of this 2021 season? You played the clip to start the show. Moments ago, we heard Zimmer talking. That was about Kirk Cousins' leadership. This is like, I, I think this is the third time in the past couple weeks that Mike has brought this up. Uh, he was asked about, or actually he was asked about Kirk on Wednesday, so before this game, and gave a long um, say, long answer saying, you know what, Kirk has done a really good job as far as being um, more of, of, of a guy who leads in the clubhouse or in the locker room in football, I guess. And we, we heard him again with a comment you just played. So absolutely. Now, is he more vocal at the line of scrimmage necessarily? That I don't know. And I can't, um, because the stadium was so noisy during the game against the Seahawks on Sunday, Dex, I can't hear Kirk. 
But as far as the vibe that he's giving off uh, in terms of being in charge of this team, absolutely. It's changed. And I think I know why. You want the answer? Here's why I think it's changed. Okay. So I think what's happened is that the whole thing with Kirk not being vaccinated in training camp, mm-hmm. um, some people didn't care for sure. Okay. Some people did care. And I think there was a lot of people, including me, who questioned Kirk's motives as far as, is he really in this for the team? Does he care more about Kirk? Because, I mean, professional sports is a very weird landscape in which blind loyalty to your team is encouraged. Sure. And that's true of of hockey, football, baseball, basketball. Um, and I think there were a lot of people in high-ranking positions with the Vikings who, who were like, we pay Kirk a lot. And does he really care about his team? And Kirk is a guy who I've come to the conclusion needs motivation to pick things up. So like in Kirk, when Kirk starts a year and they're just like, oh, Kirk should be good, right? And Kirk's like, yeah. And and he often scuffles then, right? But why do we have ordinarily Kirk Tober? Because that's the guy who's struggling. And now his back's against the wall and people are questioning him. And he's good. Like, that's the thing about Kirk. That's what's so frustrating. That's why we're hard on Kirk. Because there's talent there. There is talent there. He's got a really good arm. And we all say, you know, in September, the last couple of years when Kirk is not playing well, what the hell's going on with Kirk? And then Kirk has that fire to be like, I will show you. I think the whole vaccination thing and people questioning him gave us an early start. To okay. that exact same thing. And Kirk said, you know what? I'll show you. And I also think he said this time, I will show you that I care about the team as well. Because to me, that's what he's doing now as far as the motivation angle goes. Because that's something I've never seen like this mm-hmm. before. I've seen him play well before. But can you recall a time where you've thought, my God, it looks like he's in control of this thing. Because ordinarily, I don't see that. I, I haven't seen that. Um you know, he was pretty, I'll give him credit, he was calm and collected in the Saints playoff win over wildcard weekend. He was pretty calm and collected. Was he in control of that game? Probably not. Uh, revisionist history, probably not. But he remained calm, delivered a big-time throw to Adam Thielen. That was big. Right. But this is like a leader. Like th- yeah, this, is, this is what I've always said is completely missing. Yes. It has been the ingredient, and you can't find it in the box score because he's the box score quarterback. You can't, you yeah. can't find this quantum that people. And I, I've seen some of these, and I'm not going to bring them up on the show. But all oh, now your Teddy Bridgewater excuses are all out. Well, number one, that's the they're not out, and two, no, that's the whole point. That's why Denver made him a starter. It's yeah. not because of his box score numbers; it's because of his leadership. Yep. And now the box score numbers are heading up. But I'm not going to make this a Teddy Bridgewater apologist episode as much as I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, Nathan brings up a good comment here, Judd. Mm-hmm. Kirk is on fire. Love his start. And what I also love is seeing him talk to Thielen and Jefferson after that two-minute touchdown. Lots more leadership. I mean, it, it, it's, not just, it, it's not just it's not just us who are giving him the praise. Other fans are realizing it too. It's leadership. And I th- and I'm telling you, I think part of what I think Kirk when Kirk has a fire lit under his butt, it changes Kirk. And ordinarily, it's like, well, he's sort of struggling, right? And then. Two years uh, consecutively, I think, we get Kirk Tober, which is, oh, my God, now he's playing really well. Well, in this case, it wasn't struggling. It was a does he care? And what's he showing now? He looks like he cares a lot. He does. He looks like he cares a lot. And this is, and and to to Zimmer's point, this is a different 
mentality and personality. And I'm telling you, I think it's the whole thing of a lot of people questioning Kirk's motivation for playing football and how much he actually cares about this team and Kirk is showing you. And if that's what it takes, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but what you're getting right now, what is what we have, the reason why we've been hard on Kirk is this exists. This is in him. This ability. Like the Vikings, the Vikings didn't misjudge his necessary talents. They, I think they misjudged his personality. And now for the first time, we, in my opinion, we are getting the personality that you want from your QB. And there's no other position in my, I don't think, I'm, I don't know if you disagree with this or not. There's no other position in football on the offensive side of the ball, at least, that can do this. Like you can't be Dalvin Cook and be like, okay, Kirk's not pulling the slack, so I'm going to lead. Like he can lead some, but he's not the quarterback. Justin Jefferson can't be, mm-hmm. I'm going to take over this locker room and this team. He's not the quarterback. So when the quarterback does what Kirk is doing, both from a playing standpoint, but just as importantly, probably a locker room leadership standpoint, it changes the dynamic. And that's what we are seeing. And I really think that that's why we saw what I consider to be the most complete performance uh, from what looked like a really good quarterback in Kirk Cousins tenure, which started in 2018 here on Sunday against Seattle. Another good one here from Stewart. I've never thought Kirk was a bad quarterback, but I have thought he has been overpaid. My question to score north. After these first three games, is Kirk finally pay- playing up to his paycheck or is he still overpaid? Judd get your thoughts. Recency bias completely. The way he played yesterday and to a certain degree, the way he played in week two, he's living up to the paycheck right now. He won that game on Sunday. Like, I, I don't know how else to say it. He won that game. The defense for a quarter and a half was awful, was terrible. Kirk played well. And then the second half, look at the drive chart. Look at the time of possession. The Vikings had the football. Like, Seattle didn't have a chance to really mount a great comeback, in part because because what Kirk did was he played a huge role for the most part in keeping the Seahawks off the field. So yes, a $31 million cap hit for 2021 and potentially, I believe a skyrocketing up to $45 million cap hit for 22 is huge and can be a pro and is a problem. But I think right now for what he's being paid, it's hard. It's hard to debate that now. Uh, what Kirk Cousins did, if Kirk Cousins can continue to play the way that he did on Sunday, it's going to be really difficult to say, ah, you can't. You know, <laughs> he's got to do more. I really think what we saw against Seattle is the most that Kirk can possibly give you. Which, which by the way, was fantastic. Absolutely. Look, um, it's a salary cap league. There's two folds to look. To, you know, two sides of the coin to look at it. Well the best quarterbacks make the most money. And I know Patrick Mahomes restructured, but eventually they're going to have to overpay, quote-unquote, overpay for Patrick Mahomes. Dak Prescott makes a lot of money. Aaron Rodgers makes a lot of money. The best quarterbacks are going to make a lot of dough. And then those middle-tier guys, the Teddy Bridgewaters, you know, that, and I'm just going to use Andy Dalton, just third, fourth, five-tier guys that don't make a lot of money can fill out their roster, and that's where you have to have either very good scouting, very good salary cap people. There's a lot of sides that go into that coin, but, I mean, to your point, 
the way he's played for these first three games, is he worth the $33 million cap it, which I believe or whatever it is for this season? 31, I think. 31? Yeah. Yes, he is. Uh, another dovetail one here. Good one from Tommy. Having a wide receiver three on the field to target makes a big difference. And Judd, I, I feel like KJ Osborne, number one, is more than just a wide receiver three. Last week on Who Gets It, Who Doesn't on our Mackie and Judd show, which you can find on our Score North YouTube channel, Secondary Minnesota Sports Conversations, um, that we kind of overhyped finding a free agent or trading for the wide receiver threes. I'm talking about when they sign D.D. Westbrook or they bring in Kendall Wright, you know, or they, they bring in these guys that, oh, perfect, you know, a guy who was maybe buried or had a nice cup of coffee with another team and he'll be wide receiver three and that'll be his role and he doesn't have any other ceiling and that's what we expect out of him and then those guys end up disappointing. I think with K.J. Osborne, number one, he is more than just a wide receiver three, but they have lacked that third down target, that Jarius Wright role that Case Keenum had with him in 2017, Mm -hmm. and I think it's showing up two, and I think two for sure yesterday, and then he had another big one against the Cardinals I know as well. K.J. Osborne's become their Mr. Third down essentially here, and I think that's been big, and to Tommy's point, having that wide receiver three on the field has made a huge difference for the Vikings offense. It's enormous, and also, keep in mind with Irv Smith Jr. out now, which was a which is a huge loss. Um, the emergence of Osborne has been enormous, and it's also good that the coaching staff, and probably more importantly, Kirk Cousins trusts him completely. I mean, that great third down throw that Kirk made to KJ uh, was a was a play in which KJ's jersey, I think, barely flashed to Kirk and he just saw it and went bang. Um you got to trust the receiver completely because he was covered and he made that throw. That's the type of throw that Kirk Cousins a year ago makes to Adam Thielen and that's it. So, yeah, it is enormous and KJ Osborne also teaches us another lesson. It's a positional lesson, Declan Goff. Much like Stefan Diggs, KJ Osborne was a fifth round pick. Yep. And KJ Osborne was drafted to return kicks and punts. Like that's why he was taken. And he turned out to be a bust there. He's not good. But you know what he's turned himself into? A wide receiver who now would go probably in rounds two or three. He looks that good. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this is a huge find, a huge find. And my contention before Irv Smith got hurt with how he was used in training camp and the exhibition games and how he played was that Irv Smith was going to be um, essentially a tight end in name, but in reality, wide receiver three. He's gone now. So who replaces him? And, yeah, I am I am so with you on being done with um, uh, this idea of, well, we signed yeah. we signed another veteran guy to be a wide receiver three, and then, and I'm guilty of this too. Oh, wow, you know, I've heard of this guy. This is going to be great. Those guys, more often than not, and this is said with a large sample size, fail. K.J. Osborne is a great find, and as Thielen now begins to age, there is no reason to think that K.J. Osborne can't slowly but surely transition to, let's say, wide receiver two. So, yeah, but I mean, this is this is the lesson again, and this is not to say that Justin Jefferson was a bad pick. He's a great pick. But this is the lesson again, is that um, you can find receivers later in the draft who can turn out to be damn good players. Stefan Diggs is a Pro Bowl player. He's fantastic. 
And I love the direction and have since I saw him in training camp practices that K.J. Osborne has gone. Before I get into some Dalvin Cook and uh, Alexander Madison discussion here, Judd, I just want to shout out our friends at PXG in Southdale Center, baby. It was fall golf season on Saturday for me, man. It was 45 degrees when we teed off. 45 degrees down in Shanhassen. Nice. And you know what? And it was a beautiful fall golf day. It's been a sweltering summer here in Minnesota. Yep. And thanks to our friends at PXG and Southdale Center, getting you hooked up for some fall golf apparel. You can be bundled up. You can have a nice little pullover, nice little nice, nice little uh, windbreaker on. There's plenty of options. Obviously, they're great Gen 4 clubs. They got new clubs down there. Go check them out. PXG in Southdale Center. 45 degrees? 45 degrees, my Hat friend. Hat on? Hat, uh, no, 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 like uh, no, no stocking cap, a, a ball, like a golf hat, a golf hat. Oh, but nothing to cover the ears. Really. No, 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 no. Oh, in fact, okay. I, I, and, and and I did have to, I had to pull a Michael Jackson. I had a, I had a white glove on him when I was putting, which is a no, no, but my, it was that cold that you can't I, have a glove I, on while putting. You're not supposed to. Why not? It, it's, it messes with your grip, but I'm so terrible. I'm willing to kind of try anything to I make like my game doing. and my friends at PXG. I like what you're doing. PXG uh, can help that. Uh, Judd, this is a good combo because we talked about this on Mackie and Judd and on Purple Daily. Casey says. Alexander Madison's performance performed the same last time Minnesota played Seattle, and then the following week he laid a fat, smelly egg. <laughs> Dalvin Cook can carry the offense on his shoulders and win games. Joe Thune can't do that, and not too many running backs in general can do that. I think this is the point of overreacting to you know to, to, to running backs because even there's another comment here that says, "Come on with this Dalvin Cook commentary; it's ridiculous." This chat continues to be the most overreactive commentary in the NFL. Judd, just your thoughts on overpaying for a running back in Dalvin Cook so, and what Alexander Madison was able to bring. Are they saying that that they don't like Madison that much and that Cook is clearly that much I think, better yep, than Alexander yep, their, Madison? Their, their argument is that overpaying or, or giving a big contract to Dalvin Cook was worth it because Alexander Madison oh. is not as dynamic and that... You know, to our point, if you didn't yeah, no. extend Dalvin Cook, you may have had more money to get like a Joe Tooney, and a guard won't make the immediate type of impact that a Dalvin Cook can. So it's kind of a two-fold okay. conversation okay. of, of, of overpaying for running backs. Go ahead. Okay, so Dalvin Cook is a marvelous player. Dalvin Cook plays a position at which I can find guys, and I can't find guys as good as Cook, but Joe Thune benefits not only who, whoever my running back is if I don't have uh, Dalvin Cook, but more importantly, my quarterback, and my quarterback is more important than Dalvin Cook, which the Vikings acknowledge through the paychecks for both Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins, right? So I I knew people wouldn't hear this right. I think Dalvin Cook is a marvelous player. I also think that when Kirk Cousins is given, that if you're going to win consistently and you're going to be a really good team, you have to feature your quarterback more than Dalvin Cook. So, that being said, I liked how the Vikings offense ran on Sunday, but I will always take an elite Pro Bowl offensive lineman before I take a back. And also, keep in mind of this, the attrition on running backs is so quick. I mean, Dalvin Cook uh, missed two games in 2019. Mm -hmm. He missed two games in 2020. And in both those years, to his credit, he played hurt, but he's not as effective. Uh, and then he has already missed a game in 2021. So if I could get Cousins and the offense more protection at the price of Dalvin Cook, is Joe Thune a sexier player than Dalvin Cook? Absolutely not. Dalvin Cook is way more fun to watch. But if I'm building a football team, 
That's why I am taking the the guard and or probably just as importantly or more so the tackle over Dalvin Cook. And I think that we all we all watch Cook and are like, oh, man, he's so marvelous. It's so great. But here's the other problem with that. The Vikings coaching staff, to me, especially the head coach, does the same thing at times. And I don't know if that ultimately benefits the offense as much as we think it does because there's an over-reliance on that one player. And the only guy who's going to really drive this school bus is the quarterback. Now, in 1975, I'm wrong. Like, if we go in a time machine right now, I am wrong. The running back can drive it. But you name me, you name me any team that is successful now in 2021 that doesn't have a quarterback who puts up who who is seen as being a very good player. And don't give me Tennessee. Derrick Henry's damn good. Ryan Tannehill has turned himself into a very good player. Absolutely. So so like can but but I mean can you name one where you think, you know who should drive the school bus here? The running back. Cuz I can't think of one right now. No, not really. I mean in terms of in terms of overpaying for running back, no. Like, look at like San Francisco. They made their run to the Super Bowl not because of a quarterback. They they literally used a bunch of running backs. They used Kyle Hugecheck as as this crazy hybrid fullback tight end. Yes. Um. That but that's creativity. That's scheme. That's right. that that's more than just um them having a dynamic player. That's scheme. Um. So no, it's it's evolved into a pass heavy league. And I also believe, and this is where Alexander Madison can still make hay, is you have to use all of your running backs. I think it stunk, uh, a, a thing that I was kind of bummed out about yesterday after uh, going into the game, knowing that Madison was there and Abdullah was the backup. I was like, well, this would have been a perfect game for Kenny Nwangu to show up. You know, he's hurt right now, so he wasn't able to, sh- but that would have been guy. the perfect opportunity, right? Speed. He he would be the perfect scat back. And look, Amir Abdullah no, right. has been in the NFL for five, six years. He's, he's a serviceable backup, yep. fine running back, but that would have been the perfect situation to see using Kenny Nwangu. Look at the Browns. They use three running backs. Nick Chubb, you can make a case, is a top five running back, but they use Kareem Hunt, and they find out other ways to get their running backs involved. And yeah. I, I wish the Vikings would also would do that more. But they're not, yeah, but I mean, the, the problem is, is that they pay Cook so much that they can't bring themselves to do that. But yet the problem too is, and, and they know this, and th- this is the most frustrating thing, because, and it's the conundrum of, of having paid Dalvin Cook in the first place, Dex, the frustrating thing is you know that he's really special you feature him damn near constantly and you also know because you do that he's going to get hurt quickly you know to his credit derrick henry's a freak like he's a huge man and and plays a ton and can do that delvin throughout the course of his career has never shown he's shown a lot of great things but he has never shown that he is going to have an Iron Man streak, he's always going to have something. Just unfortunate. It is. It is. Still uh, a marvelous player, though. Please don't hear me wrong. No, he's a, he's a damn good player. But use all your running backs. I think that's, uh, if it's one thing to overpay for Dalvin Cook, and we can have that conversation, and should we have not done the contract? But I think the best answer out of this, and what we saw yesterday, especially with Madison getting involved in the passing game, use Madison. Get Madison 10 more snaps a game it. when Dalvin Cook yep. is healthy. I think that's yep. completely possible. I sort of like that idea. Uh, a couple defensive questions here on the defense. Last Ridge says, hopefully the second half shutout of the defense will be used as a signal of a, a strong unit and something more to come. There's a bunch of new faces on defense. They might just need a few weeks to gel together. You and Phil have said this, and, and Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and Joe Burrow even, are good quarterbacks 
good quarterbacks are going to carve up defenses. It's just it's the nature of the league. But do you feel that the defense is pivoting towards being better, Judd, or is this defense being basically, I believe it's what twenty eighth in points or or twenty you know twenty eighth in yards, twentieth in points? Is this probably going to be at best an average defense by the end of the season? It feels like it's going to be, but I'll, I'll uh, parse this apart too because I think there's two separate storylines here, and they're both important. Um, the run defense gave up more than 100 yards in each of the first two games. And in the first half on Sunday, when Seattle had the um, ability to run the football more, they gave up 90 yards, which is not good. In the second half, Seattle obviously had fallen behind and it had to play catch up. And the defense, I think, gave up something like 16 yards rushing, but I'm willing to bet that the attempts weren't big there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the run defense should be far superior and needs to improve. And I'm pretty confident it can. Uh, Seattle did a really good job in the first half of going hurry up at times, and they kept certain personnel packages that the Vikings had for passing downs on the field, which kept, I think, Pierce and Tomlinson off at times. And because of that, they basically were going against, there was one point where I think the nose tackle was Griffin, who, who, you know, was there the previous down to rush the passer. But I think that the run defense should improve. I've been disappointed there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it has the ability. The X, the, 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 my problem here is the pass defense. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Breland, to me, has been not good. He's just not, not good. He's been terrible. Uh, Patrick Peterson is a savvy veteran player, but he is arguably, from a lot of his time with Cardinals, a Hall of Fame player. He's not near that now. So I, I thought that uh, there were certain plays, and I don't know, it's hard to parcel apart blame here. Xavier Woods struggled a little bit, I thought, in the first half. I don't know if that's on him or if that's guys blowing assignments. But anyway, long story short, it's my contention that the run defense should improve, will improve. Pass defense, beyond the fact that pressure on the quarterback certainly helps there from your your defensive line. And, I mean, Hunter is back to being a beast, which is great to see. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that your back end is as good as you thought it might be. And I don't know that those cornerbacks, that there's a lot more there to give. So I do have some concerns about that one. I really do. Because, you know, if Seattle, if Seattle's defense didn't sieve out itself, and, and to their credit, the Vikings offense played so well, how does that second half go then? And I'm not quite sh- – and I'm not – positive that Russell Wilson, if he had the ability, couldn't have begun to again pick that secondary apart. So I'm yeah. going to go with two answers. Run defense to me needs to improve and will improve. Pass defense, I'm concerned about. You? I'm I'm way more concerned about the cornerbacks. Uh, I think Pat P is a serviceable cornerback at this point. That's fair. Career. And serviceable is fine. Serviceable is fine. But he's not what he was, no. so he's not going to be shut down. You're right. He was a Hall of Fame level, level player. When it's all said and done, is Pat P going to get in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. I just I don't know. Uh, but he was a multiple time All Pro and a damn good cornerback with the with the Cardinals. Now he's a serviceable, solid player. Might might be a type of guy like Charles Woodson where he floats into a safety in the later part of his career and has a has a resurgence. I don't know. I wouldn't do that next year. No, I would not. Uh, but but he's fine. Bashad Breland's been a disaster. Cam Dantzler off the field, in my opinion, has been equally as a problem. Yeah. On different ways, so it's 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 weird. Kyle says. Also, where the F is Dalvin Tomlinson? I'm not kidding you. I've watched every game this year, full blast, and I have not heard his name once. 
marquee free agent pickup in the offseason and mm-hmm. haven't heard his name once. What in the world is going on with Dalvin Thomas? Give the grade from yesterday, the PFF grade, Dex. It was good. It was good, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Uh, I don't have the top of me uh, right now, but he, he was better it was yesterday. very good. Yeah, he was uh, better yesterday. First two games, I uh, agree. I disagree with Phil on, on this. Phil's point is, well, he plays the three technique, and, and that guy, because he's an interior line guy, you don't see, and so you, you can't appreciate what, what he's doing. I disagree with that. I know what Phil's saying, but I think there are times, like if you never notice a guy, that's a problem. Um, there were there were multiple times, especially I think as the game progressed on Sunday, that we heard Dalvin Tomlinson's name. The first two games, uh, I thought that he was not a no-show, but I, I certainly didn't see Dalvin Tomlinson a lot. Now, the first game, Michael Pierce was fantastic. And, and there have to be times where you see your defensive tackles at least get a push or something. So, But the grade for Tomlinson on Sunday was impressive. And I will say that the Minnesota Vikings need this guy to be damn good. He mm-hmm. is there. Keep in mind, he is their 2021 marquee free agent signing. Peterson came in in March, I think, on a one-year contract. Breland, Vigil, one-year contracts. Dalvin Tomlinson, multi-year contract that pays him well. So that's your marquee guy. So, so, And that's where I think... Ultimately, when the Vikings get this thing right, Declan, that the run defense is going to be good. I, I think it's going to pick up a lot and improve. Uh, but with what the person said there in that note, I'm with you on the first two games. And it seemed to me like Tomlinson started to find a rhythm on Sunday. It'll be interesting now to see if he can carry that into the Cleveland game. The guy who looks long in the tooth to me a little bit compared to his first time around here, Sheldon Richardson. Yeah. He doesn't look the same. Everson looks fine. Everson looks good. And well, he looked great yeah, yesterday. He great yesterday. And um, he looked great. And and I also love the idea of moving him around. Yep. Inside on third down, right? Passing downs. Yeah, get creative with them. Exactly. Uh, yeah, by the way, Dalvin Tomlinson, the top graded defensive player for the Vikings, 84.3 grade and yesterday. We did hear his name as the game progressed. Okay. All right. That's fine. Uh, let's see here. Just a couple more as we as we wrap here. Uh, this one actually a, a fun one from Theodore. I have to admit, being the ultimate naysayer, that the Vikings play like they did on Sunday, they will win two-thirds of their games as the game rolled on, and being able to run with Madison like that was awesome to watch. I mean, if they play like that, obviously, I, they should be able to win two-thirds of their games, correct? Yeah, I mean, Cousins and the offense were great. The defense, I'd like to see more from the start of games. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair to lay as much on the offense as the Vikings did in the first half. Uh, the, the fact that Seattle's defense is not good helps a ton. So, but I think the formula that we saw offensively, I loved. I thought it was great, and the defense picked up. So, um, I think you can still tweak it and improve in some places. But if the starting point is the quarterback, you have to be thrilled. Yeah, absolutely thrilled. Uh, this one, just a good self-serving one for good old Judd and Declan as members of Judd's Hockey Show here from uh, Bad Bone 30501. And again, Judd's Hockey Show, Apple, Spotify, ScoreNorth.com, this the week, Minnesota Wild training camp starting. Line charts are here, baby, one and coming. I am... We were down on Jordan Greenway after Whoa. Saturday's exhibition. After Saturday's preseason game, let's just say Jordan Greenway was singled out by the coach <laughs> 
as being the one as being a veteran player who they were not happy with. But to tie this to the Vikings on Judd's Hockey Show, Bad Bones comment says, I was at the game yesterday and thought it was really cool to walk right by the man, Kirill the Thrill Kaprizov. I saw. I saw Kaprizov was there, Zuccarello, Fiala. Um, I know those three for sure were Was there. Fiala there with him? Must have. I mean, I would assume so. So uh, that's like a line almost. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, uh. but they. I, I, I'm surprised that they didn't make Kevin sit like four, oh, I see four rows doing. back of... Of Mats and Kirill. Well, if, if, hey, if, you can't sit with those guys. Why don't you go sit with uh, with Rao? Well, you know what? It sounds like uh, Dean Evison and Billy Guerin weren't in, weren't in command of getting these tickets and organizing these seating charts because uh, otherwise that would have been the case, Mr. Judd Zolgad. Uh, Kevin, why don't you sit a couple rows back? Why don't you sit a couple rows back? Here, can I interest you in a Victor Rask? Can I interest you in a Frederick well, Goudreau? We paired you, we paired you with Victor oh, Rask. Um, no offense, Kevin, but uh, yeah, you're on a one-year contract. Sorry about that. Uh, your thoughts, too, just Judd, as we wrap, just having... That U.S. Bank Stadium back at full capacity. Uh, I've been, I haven't covered a game since 2019 either. Uh, but Huge just advantage. having just having that crowd back had to be it's awesome. You know, it's an enormous help. Um, that place is deafening loud. Russell Wilson, in my opinion, didn't really get and and he's not going to. It's not like he, he got super flustered, uh, but it's so noisy that teams. It's hard to operate. It is, and that's what I'm telling you. I'm really curious to see. And I know the Browns are good. Great offensive line, and Kevin Stefanski knows all the ins and outs of the Vikings. But I am really curious to see on Sunday how Baker Mayfield handles that crowd. Yeah. Um, because I like him, and I think he's good, but do I think he's elite? No. Mm-hmm. And, Dex, you, you've seen this, too, going back to your time attending games in U.S. Bank Stadium. How many really pretty good quarterbacks have we seen get flustered? Yeah, it happens. And I'm talking about, like, Jared Goff when Jared Goff was, was good, good with the Rams and Sean McVay was calling the play into his helmet until it shut off. Yeah. Um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Tannehill, same thing. Mm-hmm. And that was with um, the Dolphins. They've but it, we've Aaron just Rogers. seen, yeah, we yeah. have ju- we have seen a ton of quarterbacks who are pretty dog doggone good get flustered. So Baker Mayfield possibly flustered. Oh, before we go, got to tell you one more thing. Okay. You know what the Vikings did on Sunday, Declan? What'd they do? They didn't settle. They, they got surly. Know. They did not. They got surly. The Vikings got surly and said, bleep this noise. We're down by 10 points. We're going to come back and win. And then we're going to celebrate post game. And so are our fans. And by not settling and getting surly, what they basically did was, or at least what Judd Zolga is doing, is encouraging you to get surly as well. And that's not to get mad yourself. That's to celebrate with a surly, and in particular, a surly furious, the IPA that revolutionized craft beer in the state of Minnesota. I want to see your pictures. I love that. Send me your pictures of you and your friends, your Viking setup, whatever you have. You and a surly furious or a surly hell, I don't care, a surly beer in front of you at Jay Zolgad on Twitter. That's all I got for this edition of your YouTube comments. All right, sir. We'll be back. Mac and Judd and myself on Tuesday. Realistic Randy on Tuesday night as well. Alex, Alex Boone. Boone. I'm bearing the lead. Alex Boone also yep. with us on Tuesday. We Love are it. giving you 10 episodes now a week on Minis- on Purple Daily on this YouTube channel and on our podcast feeds, Apple, Spotify, Score North. That's Judd Zolgad. I'm Declan Goff. We'll talk soon.